Yeah, that's a really popular topic right now. There's so many people that want diversification of revenue, and I applaud that. Like, that's one of the things that we love about happiness is diversifying your businesses and stacking your businesses using the same resources. But when you talk to a candidate and they say, I've had this, I just had a call last week. Hey, I'm really interested in your brand. I said, how many are you working? Yes, I'm working. Do you work full time? Yes. How many hours a week can you dedicate to the business? I can dedicate 20 hours a week from 8 to 10 p.m. at night. When the business is 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. during the day. So who's going to run that business is the big question. Welcome to the Franchise Founders Podcast. We are on a mission to help aspiring entrepreneurs just like you take action through franchise ownership. Allowing you to obtain more financial freedom, time with family, and ultimately a business that can run on its own without you. Welcome to the Franchise Founders Podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. Very excited about our guests that we have today. We're going to be getting into all kinds of great topics around the home and home services and franchising. Christian, how are you today? Doing awesome, man. Awesome as always. Excited to dive into an amazing family of brands and talk more about home services, which I think is fantastically positioned given where we're at in the market cycle. So really excited. Yeah, I'm having a blast. We actually are on our one-year anniversary of our podcast this month, which can't believe people listen to it, but we actually have a tremendous amount of listeners, more than you'd expect, I think, because we're just in a niche. So excited that we've done this for a year. I think there's a stat. If you do it for a year, you'll probably keep doing podcasts. So we're on the way. So without further ado, wanted to introduce our guest today, Sharon Kupak, the Vice President of Franchise Development at Happiness Brands, which is a tremendous company. I'm really excited to have her share about the company and her role and all their wonderful brands. I actually coincidentally had dinner with Andy Fuller, one of the founder and CEOs of of one of the brands with uh, Mosquito Hunters last night. So ironic that here we are together today. My relationship with you guys goes pretty far back. But Sharon, how are you? I'm awesome. I'm awesome. Thanks so much for inviting me. I listen to your podcast all the time. So I'm a huge fan. I'm one of those listeners. So thanks. Yeah. We actually won an award recently as the number one podcast by Kristen's mom. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anyway, so if you listen to our show, you know, we'd like to let our guests introduce themselves and their company. So let's start there. Tell us about you and tell us about happiness. Yeah, thanks. Thanks again for having me. So again, Sharon QPAC, Vice President of Franchise Development for Happiness. Boy, I've been in franchising for, I don't know, I think going on 26 years this year. Crazy. In 2023, it'll be 26 years. Just been such a fun ride, like franchising. They always say like it sort of finds you, you don't find it. Uh, And that is so true. I just fell into it and became my passion. And I've been very blessed to put a lot of people in business and grow some really great emerging brands over the years. And I landed upon Happiness about three and a half years ago, I guess, when we acquired Ecomate. So we are a group of franchise brands. One Doctor is our bell cow. So that's our legacy brand 
55 years in franchising, just household name stuff, really credible brand, rated number one in every lane that you can be in, uh, super solid. And then we acquired Mosquito Hunters, which is Andy Fuller's brand back in, I think, 2000, about 2018 and lifted it from six franchisees to, I think there's probably close to 150 now units. So really aggressive growth. And then when we brought Ecomains in, they asked me if I wanted to help lift that. And I said, heck yeah. I mean, what a great brand, entirely green, eco-friendly. You know, we wanted to disrupt this space. It was a little bit tired, a little bit aged, and just kind of get with what people expect now, which is options, eco-friendly options. So I started, I brought in one of my dear friends that I worked with 25 years ago, So we work really, really well together and we brought in 120 units since we really launched like literally our first discovery day was two days before COVID. So middle of March of 2020, I was in uh, New York visiting my daughter and we were going to have discovery day in New Jersey and everything shut down and I hopped on a plane and we went virtual and it just took off in a crazy time. So we've had so much fun lifting this. A lot of good times. Fantastic. Well, I think we can definitely get into EcoMades and love to touch on that brand and how fantastic it is and the why behind it and type of person that would be a good fit for it. But what about happiness? So what's the story behind happiness? How did happiness come about? Why did happiness come about? All those different things. Sure. So Scott Frith is our chairman of happiness and chairman and CEO of Lawn Doctor. Scott's father, years and years and years ago, joined Lawn Doctor. I think Scott was just a little boy at that time, really, really young, maybe six or seven years old, literally. And his dad came in and started working with Lawn Doctor in franchise development, actually, and worked his way up and really made some headway with the brand Uh, brought it to where it was. He ended up being awarded with the IFA. He was an IFA president. So he really did an amazing job of contributing to franchising overall. So Lawn Doctor kept growing in ranks. Now there's, I think, 650 units out there. It's a really successful brand. When Mr. Frith, Scott's dad, decided to retire, Scott took over. And he saw a bigger vision. Younger guy saw a vision to expand, really wanted to get into the home service space across the board, kind of be like our own little home advisors for consumers. And so Happiness became a thing. We became our own little brand. And the idea was to find home services that we could add on into our inventory. So as I mentioned, the first one was Mosquito Hunters, then Ecomades, and we've just acquired two brands effectively. The first one is Elite Window Washing, which is a Canadian business. And we're super excited to launch that out at the beginning of 2023. And then we're incubating that brand in the United States with exactly the same brand, different name, in the States called Sparkle Squad, and we'll launch that out this summer. So we'll have five brands in our inventory. And I think the goal is to get to 12 to 15 different brands in all in home service. So we're not jumpers. We don't have a big mix of different 
types of businesses, so no brick and mortars, all home service, beautification, and necessary services for consumers, which I think is a really smart approach when you build a organization like Happy Nest. Everything under Happy Nest is centralized. So our marketing is centralized. Our sales center, we do selling for our owners so they don't have to do marketing. We do that for them digital and then they accent that with ground game activity. We use the same technology. So it's really nice that it's cohesive across all brands. One that drives cost downs for the owner so that they're not paying big prices because we're kind of a big deal. You know, we have close to uh, about 900 or 950 units across all brands. So we are kind of a good size customer for our vendors. So that is very helpful for the owners. But also, it I think can be a great opportunity for an owner that wants to build more of an empire and vertically stack their businesses one on top of another. When you look at home services, it's always about route density. It's always about when you have a recurring home service. It's about route density. It's about keeping clusters of customers tight. That builds efficiency, which gets you profitable. Windshield time is not your friend in home services, typically, unless it's a one-time deal. So keeping people tight together really helps the owner be more successful. So, you know, when we talk about home services, I think that's where happiness really shines because we're able to market in very specific areas for our owners so that they cross all of our brands. So it creates that cluster effect, that micro-targeting, and that's helped the owners become more profitable in their business. It's unbelievable to be the size that happiness is. And I think that people miss, sometimes don't realize the belly of the beast that is happiness, this giant 900 units. And some of these have been legacy franchisees like Lawn Doctor for years and years. It's an incredible organization. And it's interesting, like you mentioned Scott Frith. I always wondered, like your company, you think about the people, you and Andy and Eric Martin and all the people in your company, just such nice people. And you're like, how do they attract all these nice people? And then I had the opportunity to really get to know Scott more recently. And you see, all right, now I understand why. Because at the top, the leadership with Scott, it's just this caring nature about your whole organization that I found when I was working with you in, in a development capacity, et cetera. There's this whole thing, Dan, with happiness. And that's not a common, right, in franchising and really in Corporate USA finding cohesive teams and being able to work really well together. Scott is extremely humble. Really, everybody on leadership, very, very humble people. He has, and we laugh about this, but it's so true. We have this no-jerk policy. We don't hire jerks and we don't bring jerks in as franchise partners. You have to err on the side of positivity. You work hard but you're positive about it and you're always forward thinking and you're helpful with each other. And people can say that all day long, but the reality is happiness truly is like that. The culture is off the charts. I've never worked for an organization where I felt so just loved. You know, you just feel like you're part of this amazing team. Your voice matters. You come to the table with ideas and they listen and they vet it and we make sure it's going to be a good thing to do and we go or we don't. 
that you're heard. Let's touch on this for a second because I think about if someone's listening and they want to be a franchisee or they already are, one of the biggest things is the culture of their team. They're building their team to be a tribe and a family. What are some of the ways that you're building that within your organization? From the franchisee perspective, are you asking? More so from the happiness. As I said, like even my experience, if there was a time we were doing something on the lead initiative in my previous company, and I just found, it was like I was working with the military. Like you guys were just like structured and everyone was working in unison. And I just felt there was this incredible communication. Where does that start as a company? I think just from my perspective, I feel like they give us that forum to own our jobs, right? To own our activity. They're always listening. We do leadership meetings. There's always something going on where we have a voice in what happens. You know, I believe that Scott feels that we're better together. And I think good leaders hire really smart people. And I think Scott has done that. He's done that very well. Everybody from our marketing team to our ops team, to our tech team, to our sales center team, to our development team, we're all in it for the greater good. And that satisfies our goals as well, right? If we focus on that, then we're going to hit our goals as well. And you know, Scott, you can't really be anything but nice around that guy. He's just a really solid person. He's a family man. He's a brilliant businessman. He's just a great leader. It's a unique culture for sure. And that does trickle down into our franchisees culture, which is, I think that's so important in home services when you have techs or teams or whoever, whatever you want to call your employees, to build that culture, especially in this social environment, is difficult at best. It's very difficult to find the right people that are willing to hang with you and get your job done. And so I think that it does trickle down. And we always say we want to outculture our competition. So we do that at Happy Nest, right? We make it There's an entire employee initiative. And then there's also the employer of choice program that we initiated for our franchisees as well. So it just kind of slides right into giving our franchisees the opportunity to build that same type of culture. And just curious, at the office, the New Jersey massive office that I've been to, how many people are, give or take, and I don't know if you know the answer to this, but how many people are in that office? Overall, there's 90, about 90 employees with happiness. That has doubled in the last four years. We're going to outgrow that place. It's the coolest office, isn't it? It's like a Google office. It's like very collaborative and there's couches and rooms that you can just go hang out in and Mm. it's all open and they have this really retro kitchen and they have this big area outside in the back, which has pergolas and tents and conversation areas and you're able to just go sit outside and do your job every day. I think in the office, not including because some of our employees are virtual, I would say there's probably at least 50 to 60 people that work in that office, physically work in that office. But when COVID hit, everything went remote. And so then when we came back, Scott said Mondays and Fridays, they can all work from home. They're super productive. So they go in the office Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and makes people happy. I'm sure. 
One thing I wanted to touch on really briefly was when you said that the culture does trickle down and you outculture the competition. And I think that when a lot of people think of home services, a lot of candidates that I talk to, they think, well, gosh, there must be so many people that do plumbing or electric or maid services or lawn care, whatever it is. But when you think about the typical home services mom and pop, I mean, the way that I imagine it, whether it's true or not, I imagine this gruffy, rough around the edges kind of team that, you know, we've all dealt with them too. Some are great, some maybe not as much, but there's no consistency. You're not really sure what you're going to get. So I think really having that culture that does trickle down from the top really does make all the difference in the end. And it is all about customer experience with something as unreliable traditionally as home services. If you can deliver that reliability and do it with a smile and you treat people right, that makes a huge difference. And so it is great to hear that at the very top of happiness, you have this amazing leader who does treat everybody right. And that does flow down because of course it impacts the franchisee experience. If he treats the corporate team right, well, the corporate team and the support staff, those are the people that support the franchisees. And then they treat the franchisees right. You select the right franchisees who think the same way and that goes down to the customer. And so everybody's happy. So I I think you couldn't be more spot on there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. I feel like, you know, in this climate of hiring this labor level, which is across, pretty similar across our brands, a little bit different with EcoMates, but not too much. You have to set clear expectation, right? That's the first thing with your staff. And that's what happens at Happiness. We have an expectation for our staff. They know it. Happiness put together what's called the Employer of Choice Program which is, I think, super unique. So when we realized there was a shift in employee commitment to staying at jobs, doing their best at jobs, not job hopping or just going home, that resignation whole movement that happened, we realized we had to start competing with bigger box companies and giving our franchisees sort of an unfair advantage so happiness put together this employer of choice program. One, we offer healthcare benefits now for our franchisees and their staff. That's super unusual in franchising. 25 years, I never was able to say that. Not once until happiness. Really? It's huge. Just even being able to say, like, I can now give you healthcare and it's reasonable and it's a good program. The majority of franchisors do not give employees' health insurance? No, I'm talking about franchisees. So we're able to, if somebody buys one of our businesses, they're able to get health care for themselves if they want it and or give it to their staff. I think that's so smart. Oh, it's super smart. And that all started from Scott. Scott knew someone that had this program and it just kind of trickled right down. That was the first thing. We also started in the employer choice program, the latter operation. Mm. So this is also for happiness employees and franchisee employees where they can work their way up and end up purchasing a sister or brother brand if they meet certain criteria at a, at a reduced rate. So now we're able to say to the happiness employees as well as the franchisee employees, like, look, work hard. This is a career. It's not a job. It's a career. You can work your way up. And if you want to be a business owner, we can give you that. We can give you that opportunity. I think that's super important to help people see a path to success because a lot of times with home service employees, 
they just go to work and they go home and they don't see a future. You know, they just do a job. I love that. If you're enjoying this episode, please click the subscribe button. And make sure to connect with the Franchise Founders Podcast on LinkedIn. Anyway, a technician in the field can work up the skills ladder yes, and eventually not only own a business within happiness, but there's some benefit to reward them for their loyalty. Plus, it makes a great franchisee because like, what better story is that? Absolutely. We've had a couple lawn doctor techs that have purchased franchises. We just had one of our coaches with Ecomates, her and her husband purchased an Ecomates. I mean, what better testimony is that? You know? So yeah, it works. It definitely works. And I think that that does give our franchise partners that unfair advantage over their competition. Because Christian, you're absolutely right. If technicians, no matter what brand it is, if they're not reliable, if they don't come prepared, if they don't look professional, if they don't provide that excellent level of service, you don't get a repeat anything. There's no repeat. There's no recurring. It's a one-time deal and you end up with a bad reputation. So that is a big differentiator, I feel, with happiness brands. That the way that we train our owners and all of our brands is you have to provide an excellent service every single day, period. Yeah. I'm actually an Ecomates customer and it's really fun to watch. Like they come in, they're in uniform, they've got a little smile. They leave me a little note. They do their job. You know, they're there every single time they tell me they're going to be there. In cleaning, I've had mom and pops. I mean, all of our brands, home services, I would say better than 90% are mom and pops. You know, they just don't have the knowledge base or the resources to up their game to be competitive, right? So let's touch on this for a moment. So clearly you care about your franchisees and their employees. On a franchise development side, what I see in your organization that I really applaud and that as I build my franchise system, I want the same attitude, which is educating a potential franchise buyer on, look, this is rewarding. It's going to be great. That's going to be hard. Let's get this nonsense out of your mind that, oh, you're going to sit back on a beach and run the business from a laptop. Yeah, maybe down the road. But I don't know where this has changed in franchising, in my opinion. Over the past few years, I think people have gotten a little bit too much into this conversation of, you know, run the business and that. I don't even have a business right now. I'm just getting my business off the ground. I still work crazy about. There's no way to have a business and not, unless you've got a tremendous amount of capital, you know, and you're buying restaurants with a management team, you got to work. So can you touch on like, how do you communicate that to a potential candidate? Yeah, that's a really popular topic right now. There's so many people that want diversification of revenue. And I applaud that. Like, that's one of the things that we love about happiness is diversifying your businesses and stacking your businesses using the same resources. But when you talk to a candidate and they say, I've had this, I just had a call last week. Hey, I'm really interested in your brand. I said, how many are you working? Yes, I'm working. Do you work full-time? Yes. How many hours a week can you dedicate to the business? I can dedicate 20 hours a week from 8 to 10 p.m. at night. 
when the business is 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. during the day. So who's going to run that business is the big question. And you just... That math doesn't even work, by the way. No kidding. No kidding. I had to think about that for a second. (laughs) Yeah, uh uh-huh. Right. Well, this is the mindset of people. Like, I can just keep my hands on it and touch it in the evening and and it's going to grow into this wildly successful business. When you purchase a home service business, it's traditionally lower investment, more sweat equity, right? Higher investment, less sweat equity because you hire somebody to have your sweat, right? So with home services, when they talk to me about being in my absentee, the first thing I say to people is how comfortable are you investing, write me a check for $100,000 or $125,000, whatever it is, and handing that to a stranger and expecting it to be successful? How comfortable are you with that? Now, there are, in all of our brands, we have one or two owners that are semi-absentee and they're excellent time managers, excellent time managers. There are people that can do this effectively but the mass majority, really, it doesn't work as well. Because I think people too say, well, I'm going to start the business, you know, semi-absentee, keep my job for security. And then once it gets profitable and it start making money, they'll quit my job. Well, guess what? You're paying somebody. Usually an owner comes in and doesn't take a salary at all, at least the first year, right? So now you're paying this salary for a general manager, which is should be significant if you want them to do a decent job. And stick around. Right. It's going to be years before that happens. And they're going to get frustrated and not have a good experience as a franchise partner. So Dan, I do believe that this is sort of the trend that we're seeing in a typical recession, my experience or economic challenges, people lose their jobs. And that makes people reevaluate and want to get into a business full-time and not go back to Corporate USA. This is all kind of different now, except technology. They're getting big layoffs. Yep. So do you think that that's going to mean less of a focus on semi-absentee and more people just going all in in terms of all hands on deck, more heavily involved? Or do you think that there will be a mind shift there? Because I think a lot of the big semi-absentee mindset, maybe, I think a lot of it seems to have come up through COVID. I mean, I'm sure it was there beforehand, but it seems like a lot of that was due to COVID. Do you see that shifting with the recession? Yeah. And I don't know how big this recession is going to be. Like I'm watching and listening to the economists like everybody else. Everything is so unprecedented anymore, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like it, it really is. 25 years, there's cycles, franchising cycles. And it's, you know, I could say, okay, at this time, this is where we're going to be. That is no longer the case. Like it's just sort of unprecedented these days. My hope is that people do get fed up with corporate and then we see an influx again in candidates that want to be full in in the business. And I think that usually at this stage, not usually at this stage, Corporate USA is everybody's working harder, right? There's more on their plate. It's not a cush job anymore. They're minimizing their staffs and keeping the people that are willing to do the 60 plus hour a week and doing it for other people. If I've heard it once, I've heard it a million times of most recently. Like I'm sick of making money for other people. I want to make money for myself. I'm doing the work 
I want to make money for myself. And so I'm hopeful we're going to see that, Christian. I am. You might as well own your own business because we live in a hyper-connected workplace anyway. Like emails come in on Saturday, get responded to, and we get into Like it's mm-hmm. almost crazy you think about the amount that we work as the society. You know, with the news, I read the Wall Street Journal, I got it right here every morning, and I throw it in the garbage because it's so negative. It's always negative. <laughs> you know, I like to think I create my economy, right? And live like that. And that's the franchisees you need, right? The people that believe that they can make their future brighter themselves through working. Listen, I, I'm not going to say that you can't own a business and have a job. I think that is definitely doable. It depends on the job. Right. If you're in the kind of job that you literally can't do anything like this person you mentioned, then absolutely not. But if you're an executive and you've got time to at least get out there and nurture your manage your managers and nurture your referral partners, get to be an I at 7 a.m. Chamber of Commerce. Right. But you definitely have to put some time into like actually getting out there in your community. Well, why would people think that they can start a business and just free fall it? You know, it takes effort. It takes effort to have a job and it's quadruple that effort to own a business. Not everybody's built that way. I feel like there are people that have a pipe dream of owning a business. And that's all it is. It's a pipe dream. It's a wish. And they'll never get to that point where they jump off the cliff and do it because it's a leap of faith on their own skill set, on their own successes in franchising on the franchisor side. You know, it's a leap of faith, right? I'm going to take these systems and I got to get out of bed and I have to use these systems. Yeah. No one telling you what to do, when to do it. You got to do it. Right. Exactly. A lot of people I've known over my career, I'll say it that way have taken the system, bought the box, taken the system, said they were going to use the system and never got out of bed in the morning, right? And never pushed themselves. Like I think being an entrepreneur is one of the hardest, stressful, most gratifying things in the entire world, in my opinion. It doesn't get any better than building something for yourself and your family. Why else are we here? Yeah, or... Being part of an organization that you're part of at a significant level. Right. It's interesting. I put a post out over the weekend about, I said something like, you know, why is it normal or completely okay? Like I have cousins or family members or friends that, let's say, are becoming a doctor or an MBA or a legal mm-hmm. a law degree. And it's completely normal to miss a family event because it's like, oh, well, he's got to study for his MCATs. But if you're working on your business, that's like you have no balance. Yet one actually has a really high likelihood of significant financial return. Mm-hmm. And someone reached out and said, you know, we tell our team to not work on the weekends. And my whole thing talking to them was, well, I'm not talking about employees. I'm talking about when you start your own business. But at the same time, you could be part of a company and be just as much an entrepreneur. I think they call it an intrapreneur. You can still be yeah. super. Like, I don't know how your role works, but like, you still control your own destiny in your role, it seems like to me. And you own that part of that business. That's fine. I just can't imagine working in a job where like, you're not involved in the bigger picture whatsoever. I need to be that way. I realized a long time ago, I'm good at sales. It's what I do, but I'm really good at leading and I like the mix. I like building. And I like being a part of like every single aspect of it. That makes me really happy. That makes me feel fulfilled. 
I remember when I first started working remotely many, many years ago, like probably almost 20 years ago. Wow. I worked remote. My very first job that I was remote. And I remember picking up the phone on Christmas Eve. It rang and my husband blasted me. He's like, what are you doing? I ran to my office to get that phone. And then I went completely the opposite way and I would have a bad call or something. And I just cut it off for the day and go shopping. Like, that's it. I'm done. Not a good day. And then I found this balance. And now that's just my life, right? You just have to know when you need a little R&R in your mind and you work hard. You work really, really hard. But then there's these times when you know you, I'm going to go spend time with my family. I'm going to go to the beach. I'm going to just shut it down, turn my computer off for a couple hours, get, you know, just rest my brain a little bit. It's boundary setting. Mm -hmm. That's completely fine, right? I say that to my team. Like, I don't care. I don't care when you work. It doesn't matter to me. I hope you work most times during the week, but get the job done <laughs> and make it happen. And like, for me, like, I definitely find people in my company that like to work because I think they're attracted to like my content is about, working hard and still having a good time doing it. So it comes from the leadership, but this is how it is. You got to work hard if you want to succeed. If you don't want to succeed, then don't work hard. Very simple. That's right. That's right. And there are those two types of people, right? There's the workers and then there's the business owners or the leaders or more of the drivers. And it takes both to make the world go around. It's okay. Like whatever somebody wants to do, but if you want to be a business owner, Buckle up, it's coming. And we tell people like, you're going to work harder than you've ever worked. We set such clear expectation in our process, almost more than we might should. Mm. <laughs> but we're saying to you like, look, you're going to have really good days and you're going to have awful days. It's just going to, you're going to call me and say, why did I do this? And then the next day you're going to say, thank you. I really, I'm so glad I did this. Like, like it's this roller coaster, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I, it takes a couple of years to get a business where it's really more stable and you can breathe a little bit. And that's just the investment of your future. That's really what an entrepreneur, I think, has to always keep in mind is, is you're, you're building a foundation for your future. Whatever that means to you, whether it's legacy, which is a lot of lawn doctor, there are generational owners in our system, you know, which is amazing. I mean, to me, that's the best testimony is because they want their families to take the business over, you know? Well, Sharon, anything else you'd want to impart on our listeners or if they want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? So I think what I'd like to impart is just that one, this is a killer podcast. Like everybody should be listening to this every single time. And I'm not just saying it because I'm on it. I'm saying it because I listen to it every single time. I get a lot of value out of your podcast. And you can't really We're say that about that it. later for the hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> you can't really say that about every single podcast. So that would be my first sage advice. Second is that if you do want to be part of something bigger in your life and you want to be an entrepreneur, there's a path for that. There are consultants you can work with. You can contact franchise owners directly. You can like start that process of learning. Just get educated. There's so many resources for people that want to own a business. And there's so many people that have such great 
advice and consultants are a big one. What you do, Christian, is important. It's important to somebody looking because it's a really emotional process and it can get really weedy, right? Especially if somebody's working and they're trying to like vet businesses and things like that, it helps to have a consultant in their corner for sure. So just get yourself educated if you want to learn more about a business because you know, it might be the right path. It might be the right path. And if anybody wants to get in contact with me, they can certainly email me at my first and last name at ecomains.com or just go on to the happiness site and you'll be able to pull up everybody's information. Excellent. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Franchise Founders Podcast. If you want our help with anything from buying a franchise to franchising your business to anything in between, shoot us an email at franchisefounders at gmail.com. 